Welcome to What Is It All For, a podcast designed to help you grow your online business and pursue a spacious, satisfying life at the same time. We're your hosts, Jason and Caroline Zook, and we run Wandering Aimfully, an unboring business coaching program. Every week, we bring you advice and conversations to return you to your most intentional self and to help you examine every aspect of your life and business by asking, what is it all for? Thanks for listening, and now let's get into the show. And I'm here too. (laughs) I don't know what you're doing when you adjust those knobs, like at all. (laughs) You've been doing it for years. I think Tell everybody, so we do like an audio test. I think it's a general metaphor for our entire relationship. What are you doing with those knobs? I don't know what you're doing with those knobs. (laughs) You're always turning a knob. I'm always turning a knob. I'm always doing random things. I'm just in the passenger seat going, what are you doing? Yeah, you're just like... We do this audio test before every podcast episode. Yeah, so I've got a little audio recorder. So for those of you, for some, if this was like the first episode you clicked into and you don't know, we're traveling full time. So I have this minimal podcast recording setup, which is two handheld microphones wired in with XLR cables into a little audio interface device. (laughs) And it has four inputs. We only use two because we're just two people with two mics. Mm. And it has a little volume input knob. So I can (laughs) turn the volume up or down. And the one unfortunate part about this device is that you can't lock the input level. So the knob, it can just, I could put it in the little case that I have, the little travel case, and just bump it and it changes the volume. every time. So every time I do it, because Mm. I have to watch your levels to keep you in between the negative 12 and negative six decibels we like to keep our voices. That's where my decibels are? Well, that's where just like the human ear likes oh. to stay and listening. Because oh. if you go higher, you start to have the, oh, the, the peaking. Pitch, peaking. And if you go lower, it's like we're whispering. Ooh. No one can hear us. But if you do like a loud whisper, that's like kind of interesting. Um, <laughs> so it does have some like anti-clipping and things like that. But the problem is, and we've had this happen like once or twice, I, we haven't done an audio test. And right. then I've looked at the end and like yours Oops. got touched to a seven and yeah. mine's at like a four. Mm. And then in post, I have match. to go in and I have to adjust them and it just doesn't sound But my right. favorite part about it is you make me do these like little audio yeah. things where we're talking so, so that every you, single you time, can adjust. And, yeah. I, and I, you're doing it and just now I'm like, no idea what he's doing. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm really not doing a lot. I'm, I'm just, like, you could be just like role playing. Like oh, I totally could. It. Yeah. I could just be over here like, uh-huh, go, go ahead. Like you might as well be being like, beep, boop, yeah. boop, beep. Yeah. You can imagine in the like, well, definitely this year, 20 odd episodes that we've mm-hmm. recorded while traveling. But even in our you know previous home, you know, we had this similar setup for another 20 episodes. So 50 episodes of this podcast, we do an audio test every single episode yep. beforehand. You've just never known what I'm nah. doing. <laughs> All you do is just sit here. You're like, ah, la, 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 just saying things. <laughs> Man, My I, favorite part, I just show up. We're going to talk about that in this episode. Yeah. I, showing up is enough. Yeah. So let's actually get into the episode. We are going to push the Pramvel to the end, the, the midpoint of the episode. Oh, Normally okay. we start with the Pramvel and the travel, but this topic felt not heavier. No, but just it would have felt weird to be like, and let's also, giggle and laugh, although like, we did just giggle and laugh. I you know, know but, but that's just us. Yeah. I like to talk about the pram bell and get excited and everything, but it, I just, the tone did not feel right to, to then talk about this, like, kind of a little bit of a hard stretch that we're going through. Yes. We're going through a hard stretch. Yeah. So and I we like to talk about it when that happens. I think the, to like kind of do a pram bell, but we'll, you know, obviously we have the stories of pram bell later. Mm. We are at this place in the journey. As of recording this, we just hit the six-month mark of full-time travel. Congratulations! I mean, 183 days on the nose was six days ago. Cool. And and we made it. We made it halfway. We have half a year to go. And we have run into a couple different points on this trip. You getting COVID. I mean, me getting COVID was fine. It was you fine. getting COVID, tough. You getting shingles, tough. tough. 
you having your eye condition now rear its head and like really cause you to kind of be like put on the sidelines mm-hmm. of, of traveling. Mm-hmm. Tough. It's tough. And, and I think that in looking back at the last six months, the thing that we've really tried to talk about is like as difficult as this current time right now is, and we'll talk a lot more about that. It's really important just as like an overall idea of life is like zoom the lens out. And of the 183 days that we've been traveling, how many do you think you've felt just crappy and like really hated it? Oh, I don't, couldn't say. But like maybe like three weeks. Three weeks. So I was gonna say like 21 days. Sure. So when you say like 21 out of 183, mm-hmm. you look at that and you go, oh, okay, that that that's it's actually not that bad. But it doesn't make it any more easy to deal with the 21 crappy days, totally. which I think and is what we want to talk about. And when you're in it, this is what we share all the time, which is like you know, so rarely do people actually share where they are when they're in it yeah. because we, the online world is so, so this space of, let me share the lessons I learned after the fact. Yeah. And I get why that is like, you know, like people say, you don't want to be sharing from your like gaping wounds. You don't want to be like in the thick of it. Cause you can, you don't have any perspective yet. You don't have any. And I hear that. And I am that person for sure. Mm-hmm. But I think there's also value in, sharing authentically about what the experience of being at a low point is so that we can normalize the fact that everyone all the time is experiencing low points. And we, I, at least I do, I do this thing where when I'm at a low point, I just insulate myself Mm -hmm. and I just go, let me just get to the other side. And then I'll be like happy, like just joyful Carol again. And it's like, no, no, no. Like these are all the different sides of me. These are all the different like parts of us and it's worth sharing about what that experience is like while you're in it if only to just normalize that this is the human condition and this is the human experience and you know we we do this weekly vlog you could call it but it's really just us sitting in front of a camera to our members this is for our unborn coaching program um every monday for the past three years we have done a little 20 minute check-in video and we just do it for our members and we say this is where we are and this is what's going on with business this week this is what we're working on this is where life and life and just where we're at and this this Monday, we rightfully so kind of shared that we're in a little bit of a tough spot because we always like to be transparent. And we, just before hitting record on that video, Jason and I had a long talk that was preceded by a meltdown on my part, yeah. <laughs> and which always leads us to these talks of like, okay, what do we need to get on the same page about? Because, and just like express our emotions to each other. And Jason brought up this metaphor during this conversation that kind of was a light bulb moment for me. Or did I bring it up? No, I brought it up. Thank you. You tried to give me credit, then you tried to steal my credit. Listen, in our relationship, I will admit, you bring most of the metaphors, ideas, yeah. and concepts. Yeah. That is 100% yeah, you. Yeah, 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 yeah. This one was yeah. me. Right. And Wandering Aimfleet was my a... idea. Like, it was my idea. Just so we're clear. <laughs> I'm going to just hurt you. Yeah. But it doesn't matter. No, but, but truthfully, though, not y- the name Wandering Aimfleet. Combining yeah, combining businesses. businesses. Yeah, oh I just wanted yes. to be clear yes, on that. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah, because you get all the credit for that, babe. We could turn the mics off, and then you could, could be like, no. "Hey, I just need everyone to know." Like, no, you know, no. Yeah. I love you, and yeah. that was a really, really good idea. Thank you so much. Okay. I really appreciate that credit. And so you came <laughs> up with this metaphor, and it kind of turned on a light bulb for me. And we shared it with our our members. Yeah, and you can call them Waymers. Waymers. Yeah. Sometimes I'm like, if someone's new, they're like, "What the? What word is that?" Wandering Waymers. Wandering is our business, and we call them Waymers. Yeah. 
And it resonated with some people. And so we thought it would be helpful to bring it to the podcast. Also, if I'm less eloquent than I normally am, it, this is very hard for my brain right now yeah. to form sentences. And it's because of what we'll talk about with my eye condition. It's not just an eye condition. It's like an eye brain condition. And so I have found that when I'm kind of like flared up in this way, f like all of my cognition yeah. is slower. not there. Yeah. It's slower. So finding words is harder forming forming sentences is harder thinking about making decisions making is decisions harder. is harder yeah. everything's harder so you'll have to forgive me if i'm less eloquent than right than normal um so let's talk about that metaphor before we get into that and like sharing this with people um i did want to share a little bit about binocular vision dysfunction which is what i have because i refer to it sometimes um but we haven't done a, a full deep dive on it in like, I think like a couple years, probably maybe yeah. a year From or so. When you first basically got it diagnosed. Maybe a year or two. Yeah. And every time we do it, I get people who reach out to us that say, I didn't know this existed. I went into my, to an optometrist to get this checked out. I've had chronic migraines or whatever. And I think it's this. We'll talk about some of the symptoms. Okay. So let me share for those of you who don't know, and most people don't know about this condition, but it's called binocular vision dysfunction or BVD for short. And I'm going to read from this. Um, if it hurts you to read, I can read, by the way. Well, I'll let you know. Okay. But yeah, reading is hard. So binocular vision dysfunction is an ocular condition that occurs when the eyes don't align properly with one another. So although our brains may try to correct this, align this misalignment, it isn't without considerable effort. And this results in a range of symptoms that are associated with the condition. Um, patients who suffer from binocular vision dysfunction have one eye that is slightly out of alignment with the other. So in my case, it's vertical misalignment. Word, misalignment. Yeah. So slight, it could be, so this says this difference could be absolutely tiny, but could still have a significant effect on your vision. And so in theory, this would result in double images, but since the brain won't allow this, it will try and force the muscles in your eyes to compensate for the misalignment. So this is why it causes so many symptoms that strain your eyes. And then also, Again, I just, I have to be really clear. It's not just an eye condition. It is a neurological condition. It is a communication that's happening between your eyes and your brain that is causing symptoms. And so some of those symptoms, um, well, first of all, let's talk about the triggers. So, so the reason why I'm in such a flare up right now is because driving is a huge trigger. Mm -hmm. So moving your head from side to side or up and down can trigger it. Driving around bends and curves quickly standing up or moving to an upright position, driving with vehicles speeding past on either side. Mm -hmm. And then here's a huge one, large spaces with tall ceilings, such as airports, large malls, and theaters. Also grocery aisles or yeah. big box stores that have lots of aisles with lots of detail um, also is very triggering. And I want to list the symptoms now. So, um, and just share a little bit of my experience with some of these. So, dizziness slash lightheadedness. This is something I've struggled with a lot. I thought it was just due to my anxiety condition. Turns out a lot of my anxiety condition is a result of this condition. Yeah. Um, and I think, I think the, just to interject very quickly, a lot of folks who have chronic illnesses or neurological conditions, it tends to not just be one thing, right? It's like right. one thing with another thing. And then when you, it's when you realize like for you, it was such a relief to find that you had binocular vision dysfunction binocular vision dysfunction so that we could get you glasses yes. that could help. And the glasses help tremendously. Yeah. Like I like right now I'm not experiencing um, vertigo, which is something that I have had in the past due to a, a wrong prescription. I've gotten visual vertigo and that is 10 times worse. And yeah. so when I have my gratitude every morning, I am grateful that 
my symptoms right now are not dizziness and vertigo. It's more of the pressure, which we'll talk about. Um, so more symptoms, nausea, unsteadiness on the feet or drifting while walking. This is another big clue for us. Someone bumps into me all the time yeah. when we're walking. And like, like the other the thing is like, Caroline doesn't know where her hands are, which is such a really weird thing. Like we'll be walking and she'll just like, she'll hit my hand yep. with her hand. And I'm like, what are you doing? Like, I know where my hands yep. are at all times. And you'll like bump your hands into tables and chairs and yep. couches and walls. It's, it's yep. crazy. And this is, uh, this isn't on this list, but if you read multiple lists of symptoms, bumping your, like one side of your body into door frames or tables or things like that, um, is a symptom as well. Motion sickness. This is a big one. So always have had motion sickness, but riding in cars or like, you know this is why traveling is so hard for me. It's trains, it's cars, it's buses, it's But planes. you know what's interesting is you don't get motion sick on boats. And I think it's because if you think about like boating as an activity, mm -hmm. it's very wide open. You're mm -hmm. not passing things close by mm -hmm. and it's very easy for you to see the horizon. Probably. Whereas in a car with turns, with cars passing right. by, with things like it's a lot more stimulus mm -hmm. for your eye, which is why I always have found it so weird that like you get car sick almost immediately, yeah. but you don't get boat sick, yeah. seasickness. I don't know. It's wild. Could be, babe. Thank you. Um, poor coordination may appear clumsy. Uh, clumsy, crafty, happy clumsy, was your happy first vlog. Was my first vlog <laughs> so that feels right. Yeah. Poor depth perception. This is also a yes. thing that you and I have in the car that causes a lot of trouble between us because I don't feel like you're braking soon enough, but it's also because I have poor depth perception. So I, it feels like I'm closer to the car in front of us than we are. I really wonder if anybody listening to this podcast, if this alone is one thing that they realize is like, oh, I'm super anxious when my partner is driving or anybody else is driving because. I always want them to slow down faster or I always think we're going to get to something sooner than we do. Yeah. And then to realize like I might have BVD, like yeah. I, my eyes might be in misalignment and I need some like glasses to help correct that. Mm -hmm. Persistent headaches, head tilt, face pain, pain in the upper back, shoulders and neck. This is because oftentimes you'll, you'll crick your neck to compensate for the misalignment. I don't have as much of that, but, um, double vision, losing your place while reading. This is just another weird connection. I love reading, but I never read when I was a kid hmm. and like, I'm wondering now if it was because it was so uncomfortable for me to read. Yeah. I just thought this is what reading felt like. I still have trouble reading. Yeah. Um, and so I'm trying audiobooks now, but it's just very, with my vision, it's really hard for me to read. I also never read books as a kid, but that's also because <laughs> I hated books. That's right. So that's what I thought too. Yeah. Um, do, 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 do. Anxiety, particularly in crowds or large spaces, having difficulty focusing when someone's talking to you, fitful and restless sleep pattern. No, my sleep is, uh, my sleep Pretty powers are more, more <laughs> stronger than my BVD. But I wanted to share some of that in case. So for me, especially right now, one that's not listed on there, um, this intense sinus pressure. Yeah. And so you'll see this listed on some, some symptoms list, but for me, it shows up. It feels like my forehead is in a vice right now between my temples. And it's extremely uncomfortable. And also it feels like in my sinus cavity, like yeah. it's extreme pressure. And what's funny is I've gone to the doctor. They've said allergies. They've said, this is before I knew I had BVD. Yeah. Now it all starts to make sense, right? Well, you you realize, can see the full picture. And you realize your eye muscles are just exhausted. Exactly. And this was before I even had glasses. So... So we've been driving a lot and yeah. this is the trigger that I've recognized. And so it's important to like find out some of these things because at least now, like if I felt this way and I didn't know I had this eye condition, I would be like, what's happening to me, yeah. you know? But yeah. now because I know I can see a very clear cause, it's a little bit easier to tell myself that it will pass because I know that it's just a matter of resting my eyes, but it's, it's 
freaking hard. <laughs> yeah. So I think that leads us into the metaphor. And so we had this discussion this Monday before we recorded our WAME vlog video that we always do. And what I kind of came to when we were talking about this is, and we've known this for a long time in our relationship. Like I am the person in our relationship and I would imagine a lot of our listeners have similar relationships just because we know from people that we talk to, it's mm -hmm. not everybody, but there tends to be one person in the relationship who has tons of energy, has tons of willpower, has tons of focus, doesn't, doesn't get like, you know, doesn't have anxiety, you doesn't get bogged down or overwhelmed easily. That's me. And then we have, and is tends to also be less emotional, right? right. Like I think that very much is right because it goes hand that. in hand. Absolutely. Because what allows you to use all of your resources towards those things is the way that your brain can compartmentalize. Yeah. And I was actually not to like interrupt you, but I was thinking about this. I think it's important. Well, keep going, and then I'll come back. So, keyword compartmentalize. Great. Great. In our family, when you need to discuss something, but the other person's like in a role saying something, you got to have a keyword so you can come back to it. Mm -hmm. So. In, in a relationship, I am obviously that other person. And then on this other side, there's you who deals with f more feelings, highly sensitive person, which we talked about recently, this eye condition, anxiety, all this other stuff. Mm -hmm. And what the metaphor that came to us in this conversation, and I'm sure we've talked about it before in different ways together, not necessarily on the podcast, but it really just hit me as I was like, oh, it's like we're both playing the same video game of life. Mm -hmm. When I log in and it gives me like, what mode do you want to play? Easy, normal, hard master i'm like i'll just play normal like i'm not normal. gonna play easy yeah. but like i'll play normal it's fine that's where also, i want to be honest nobody's really on easy mode no no we not at all think that people are yeah. so there's like basically normal mode and you don't hard pick mode. easy like you might pick it the first time you play and you're like this is dumb so you pick normal <laughs> mode that's how i play you're playing on hard mode yeah. all the time yeah and then now it would be like that like master mode like it's well, like the mode that's like you just want all the challenges and you want yeah. it to be so difficult. Yeah. Let me interject a couple things because one like fear or hesitation that I have in sharing this episode is I want to be clear that I know that there are people out there that are struggling with much harder things than my eye condition. Of course. I want to be clear in saying that and acknowledging those people um, and just have an awareness for that. My instinct to do that is because I was raised in a family where it's like, you are grateful for what you have and other people have it worse. And like you just perspective, right? Yeah. However, I also am aware that in doing that, sometimes we can explain away our own pain or we can say, Oh, it's not that bad. And that doesn't serve anyone because all I have is my experience. Yeah. So I know cognitively that other people have it, have much harder challenges, but all I have is my own list of experiences that I have felt. So I, can only go off of that scale. And in that scale, this is very difficult for me right now. So I just want to say that. Yeah. And same with you listening. It's okay that other people may have it harder. Um, the comparison thing I don't think is helpful. So just acknowledging that if you two are playing on hard mode right now, it doesn't matter what that is. It could be even, you know, you're a single parent or you're going, you have COVID right now, yeah. or you, you know, are struggling with, you know, infertility or like you have this like circumstantial thing that is extremely difficult for you. And it's okay to say that other people have things that are harder, yeah. but this is for in your realm, very hard for you right now. And that's okay to say. So, but the thing that really helped me is when Jason said this metaphor, it also then I was, I was able to build upon it because what it made me realize, and this is actually part of where my little like pre way and weekly meltdown happened is, and I've talked about this before, but this like, the way that when you're playing on hard mode, it triggers this 
negative self-esteem loop because what it made me realize is, okay, so every day I wake up, Jason's playing on normal mode. It, right now I feel like I'm playing on hard mode, but then it's like I'm dying all the time in the video game, right? Yeah. Like it feels like I'm trying something and I'm failing all the time. And so I'm looking at someone playing next to me the same game and I'm like, why am I dying all the time? Like it feels driving like, in the car is right, the example, right? Like, driving in the car, yeah. um, walking into a grocery store and having a panic attack in the frozen food aisle. <laughs> like, oops, I died, you yeah, know? And, yeah. it, and I'm like, well, why, why do I keep dying in this video game and of life, of life <laughs> while this person next to me is seemingly I'm just thriving. thriving. I'm just, just I'm oh, collecting. Oh, he is putting stuff in his cart. He oh, is. I am collecting all of the like rubies badges, the and rubies, the badges and the weapons. It's like flawless level. And I'm like, <laughs> God damn it. Perfect. Perfect. <laughs> Street Fighter 2 shout out. What's up? And so it can start to really affect your self-esteem if you're playing on hard mode because you're not realizing that it looks like you're playing the same game but you're not. Yeah. You're playing a different game. Yeah, and I, I think a big realization in this conversation that we're trying to figure out as a, a couple who play two separate modes is then how do we interact together so that we support one another in the modes that we play in life? And obviously, the person who's playing on the easier mode of life is always going to be trying to help the person who's playing on the harder mode. So I, I'm always trying to figure out, and like a perfect example is where we are right now, like we have two weeks of upcoming travel with a lot of driving and a lot of moving around to places and a lot of new environments, which we know just from our experience, it, it makes your eye condition flare up, if you will. And so I'm constantly like, okay, like let's just cancel all of this. Right. Let's not go, like we're not trying to give up on the full-time travel life, but like let's just pick one place and move to a place and then just stay put for two weeks to like let your eyes recover because we still have six months of travel that we're trying to do. Like we, we aren't trying to give up and I give you so much credit for that. It would be so easy for you just to go, I just want to go back to my comfortable life. I want to be in a home somewhere where I can get used to all my visual stimuli and like just be comfortable and try and get back to like a lower mode. Like I'm not going to be a normal mode and be like less hard mode. And, and I think that a big part of this is what we're trying to figure out is how do I support you every day? Because I start off every day going, it's another day of normal mode. I can get up, I can make my coffee, right. I can start my work stuff, I can do all these things. Um, and, and I think what I'm really trying to do is figure out how do I be aware of where you are, but then I also don't know where you are. Right. So I do want to talk about that. And I and Also, I, you had your keyword compartmentalized. I don't know if you want to come back to that or if you're just done with that one. We can just let that one be. No, I do want to come back to that. Not okay. yet. Okay. <laughs> because mainly my brain can't, literally can't Can, hold it yeah. right now. Um what I was saying is, yeah, and I want to say this is what's also hard about being in this relationship where maybe one person just, you know, is struggling more often than the other person is like, then I get guilty because I'm like, well, this is not a fair relationship if you're always having to cater your life decisions and decisions and, yeah. and everything to me. But <laughs> what I've learned is like me feeling guilty about that, it doesn't change it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it doesn't actually, I'm like, cool. So either my options are, I'm honest about how I'm feeling and we as a team can come up with whatever the best scenario is so that we as a team can thrive. And maybe that requires you to not always be able to do the things that you want to do because of me. And I can, I can be guilty about that. I can feel like that's a limitation, but it doesn't change it. Yeah. So the other option is what not be honest about how I'm feeling and then put, put myself constantly in situations that make me feel worse. And then I do have a meltdown and then it's like, where are we there? You know? Yeah. So it's like, of the options, like sometimes in life you do have to be honest about 
just the reality of like life and the fact that, you know, you have certain limitations and then how can we, like I said, the, the key for us is like viewing it as a team and checking in so that you don't have form some type, some type of resentment. Yeah. And then when I do feel good giving it my all and like, so this trip is a perfect example. Like to me, this trip is me, this full-time travel trip, this full-time travel trip is me also pushing myself a little bit, a lot, <laughs> but out of my comfort zone to, go, okay, I might might not be able to do everything, but like I can do some things and like, let's do those to their fullest so that we can both get what we want out of life. That's what being in a partnership is to me. So, but coming back to you, not always knowing where I am. Um, this is what's really, really difficult about playing on hard mode is like so often the hard mode experience is on the inside. Mm -hmm. And I had this moment a couple of days ago where we were in the grocery store and First of all, I was feeling so good about myself because I'd had two full days of rest and I still, you know, I still had my head pressure in my eyes, but I was like, I can do a little bit more. So we went to the gym and I did pretty okay doing that. And I felt really good about myself and I was feeling big for my britches. And I was like, we need to restock on shampoo. Let's go to the grocery store. We'll just be in and out. We need to restock on shampoo. (laughs) (laughs) Jason's bald. Um, I, I, I I needed shampoo. So I'm like, we'll be in and out. And going back to the BVD, grocery stores are incredibly triggering yeah. when you're in like a flare up. Like when I'm okay, normally it's like you can do when it, my eyes are rested, yeah. it's still, it's still hard, but I can do it yeah. in this time. I knew it was going to be a kind of like a dangerous scenario. So I was like, let's just get in, get out. I get to the aisle and I knew right where everything was. So I just let us like straight to the shampoo Which was great. section. Yeah. But then I find myself in front of this aisle and because of this condition, I can tell that the connection between my eyes and my brain is already so strained I am looking at this aisle of just like hundreds of things and this is gonna be really hard to describe but I think it's worth describing in case anyone has ever had this happen before I can't my brain is not recognizing what is in front of me I'm seeing with my eyes but my brain is not I I, I can't all it's I like see is zone, bottles it's like you zone out and yeah you're it's just like, like it's uh, like I can't yeah. I can't interpret labels I I can't see where the the freaking deodorant is I'm looking for deodorant and I see bottles in front of me and my brain is not telling me what ones are the deodorant yeah and like I'm tearing up right now because it's such a um scary feeling to feel like you're like your brain is like short circuiting and Mm -hmm. you're like oh I see things but I don't know what they are you know it's like it's like I don't I've never had an experience of like amnesia or or aphasia or something where like you know that you're supposed to know a word but you can't find it that's what it feels like in this moment and then it causes anxiety because you're like oh like what's happening you know and I had to turn physically turn away from the deodorants and the shampoos because the cereal to the cereal (laughs) because it was so uncomfortable. And so afterwards, after that experience, like you helped me, you were like, they're right here. And I was like, okay, well I, those aren't what I need. So let's just go. After that experience, I was like kind of decompressing and like thinking about it. And I was like, this is what's so hard about having like an invisible illness. And I know there are a lot of people listening who have chronic conditions or are struggling with something that is not visible from the outside. And it's so difficult because you just are fighting this like battle inside of you that nobody else can see. Yeah. And so if I had not verbalized all of that to you, you would be like, what just happened? And again, like I know that in this moment, 
we're in the grocery store. Your eyes are very strained. You're like, it's, you're not doing well. You're in this flare up, but I know that, but I don't know at all that you literally can't figure out what shampoo to buy because you can't discern the bottles from one another. Right. Right. So it's like, it's impossible for me to know those things. And also like, this is the thing that for those of you who listen to this, that are on the other side of this, where you're the me, you're, you're also operating just in your normal thing, right? Like I was just looking at the toothpaste. I was looking for some flossers. I was looking at the men's mm-hmm. deodorant. I was looking at the shave cream. I turned around and looked at the cereal to see what cereal they have where we are. Like mm-hmm. I'm just like taking all these things in because it's easy for me. I'm mm-hmm. I just, it's totally fine. And I don't know that you're struggling in this specific situation. Like, exactly. And so I think that's the really difficult part of this. And, and the thing that I wanted to bring up, which I think is maybe just like a helpful tip if you're in a relationship with someone who, and it doesn't even have to be an eye condition, it can be any type of invisible illness that's difficult to deal with. I, I think two things that we've really learned, and, and we could even do more of it, which would be helpful. Number one is every morning, and, and even throughout the day, multiple times throughout the day, just trying to do a check-in mm-hmm. of you to tell me how you feel. Mm-hmm. Because as the person who loves you and cares about you more than anybody else in life, all I want to know is what do I need to do to support you best every hour of every day? And and a lot of times that doesn't mean I need to do anything. It just means I need to be cognizant of what you're going through mm-hmm. because I don't know. Mm-hmm. All I know is like, mm, I'm looking outside. Mm, I'm looking at my laptop. Mm, I'm got to go poop. Like I just like <laughs> I'm living my life and nothing is blocking my way of existing. You're like the wind just blew harder and my head hurts. And now my leg, I'm feeling the yeah. thing. And like the weather's changing. And like, is my hair going to, you know, it's like, you don't know what's going on. And so I just, it's helpful if you can share throughout the day how those feelings. So that's kind of totally. like the first thing. The second thing is, and this is where I think in our relationship, again, the dynamic of the one person that can just do a lot more than the other person is to be really clear on like which side quests the more or the person who has less limitations can do easily. So for us, like a very easy one is like, I will always go to the grocery store with zero resentment. Yeah. So, and I think it's helpful just to be like, these are the side quests I can do at all times. Like if you need me to send all the emails, if you need me to answer all the customer support stuff, if you need me to take on like these discussions with these people and like make these decisions on Airbnbs and like all this other stuff, I'm willing to handle all of those side quests with no issue whatsoever. Driving everywhere, all those things. But then we get to talking about like work stuff where Mm -hmm. it's like, I can't do Mm -hmm. what you can do. I don't have the design ability. I don't have the branding eye. I don't have the curriculum building for our coaching sessions. Then it's about just really having a discussion of, okay, like, but how can I help you and how can we move things around if we Mm -hmm. need to or reschedule or redo things? Mm -hmm. Because that is where some resentment will build where it's like, we're working on something as a team and I can't do it, right? but it needs to be done. Like we've committed to doing it. So yeah. how do we figure that out? Yeah. And I just want to take a second to acknowledge you and appreciate you for all of those side quests that you do, because it's true when you say that you do that with zero resentment, like you don't ever throw that back in my face. You don't like, if anything, like I would say there's probably a handful of times where you've maybe said like, I feel like I'm cooking a lot of the meals or something. Yeah. And we've had a conversation about maybe rebalancing that you workload. Could talk, you could make a salad one, one lunch, yeah. you know? And so I've been trying to make more stuff. But like all of these things that you recognize are not a battle for you, but you see how much of a battle they are for me. And you go, I will do that because I love you. And that this is how I show love to you. And like, I just sometimes can't believe how lucky I am that I am with a partner that's willing to do that. And I thank you so much for that. And I do feel extremely loved because it's a wild thing to feel like 
it's really hard to describe because sometimes I'm harder on myself than you've ever been on me in mm-hmm. terms of like feeling weak or feeling like I have these limitations, but you've never made me feel weird or you've never made me feel less than if anything, if I ever feel that way, it's because I'm projecting that onto me. And I, right. you know, I have worked through that in therapy and I continue to work on that. But, um, yeah, and, I just and wanted I, to acknowledge you and say that you do a really, really great job of just being like a teammate and a partner and like just yeah. doing whatever you can that so that we can, as a team can keep moving forward. Well, thank you for acknowledging that. Two things. Number one, I do the side quest because I want the badges, so I don't really care yeah, about the you love. Have so many you fucking give. badges. Yeah. The second thing is uh, grocery shopping for me, I then get to buy whatever I want. It's so like true. when you don't go, you do come when home you go, with some. Yeah, I get a lot less cookies and ice cream when you come <laughs> That's along. True. You're like, do we need both the cookies and ice cream? And I'm like, yeah, just because the ice cream has cookie dough in it doesn't mean that those are the cookies that I wanted. I wanted cookies. Those are separate from cookie dough ice you cream. You do, you do when you're off on a side quest. You do come back with quite a few un unshopping listed items. I that's what happens when you go on side quest by yourself. That's right. Um, well, no, the one thing that I wanted to say, bringing it back to a, a more serious note, is I think another part of this that we have really learned is specifically talking about the like projecting how you might think that I'm feeling. It's the story I'm telling myself in the head from Brene Brown. Right. That whole phrase, which is very, very helpful. And it's this idea that, and I'm not trying to put words in your mouth, but I'm just going to give an example of you're going through a, a flare-up and and you can't get some things done. And you basically are, are saying to me, but maybe not saying to me, which is like the story I'm telling myself in my head is that like you see me as weak right now because I can't just like create the slides for the coaching session mm-hmm. that we have in two weeks. Mm-hmm. And that's that's how you're thinking. And for me, I'm not at all thinking that. All I'm thinking, especially if we're having a conversation about it, is what do we want to do to accomplish this goal? Mm-hmm. So what does that look like? Does that look like me trying to do the slides? Does that look like us just not doing any slides? And this is just an example. Yeah. But it's, it's trying to have you share how you're feeling so I can tell you that's not how I'm feeling. Yeah. Or have you share how you think I'm feeling so that I can say that's not how I'm feeling so we can squash that as best possible. Then we move forward and we go, okay, now we're working on this as a team. But if we don't squash the how you think I'm feeling, yeah, yeah, that's where it gets very dangerous, especially with these invisible illnesses. Because again, I'll just reiterate, as the person who doesn't suffer from these I just completely reset the game every day. Right. And so every day, as much as I know that you deal with these challenges, I'm also only operating in my own video game of life. And I'm trying to remember, but then I'm also just like, boop, 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 booping, just right. like dancing around it's like through you, life. Yeah. And, and I can imagine how it would be so hard for you because when you don't have the, like you're trying to be empathetic, but you don't, you literally don't know what it's like. Yeah. It, you, you don't know what it's like. So it's like, you're just sort of like guessing yeah. based on what I tell you. And I mean, that's all really relating to human beings is. There's a butterfly in our house. <laughs> there, I Where did you that. come from? Isn't, isn't no, there's no door open okay. downstairs. Okay. There was earlier. I did think you? he probably flew in and just like hung out the thing. It's a butterfly. That's cute. They're harmless. I love that. Oh, okay, great. I no, thought you were like afraid. worried. No, yeah. that's sweet. We have a, we'll get the butterfly later. Are you okay? What a cute moment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's just flitting around. Oh. I'll, I'll capture him in a cup gently and okay. then I'll release him into the, the outdoor wild okay. for everybody. Don't worry, everyone. That butterfly will be taken care of. Always. Not in a bad way. Sorry, that no. sounded a little bit yeah, like Yeah, that a, was like a yeah. mob boss. I'll take, I'll take care of him. Hey, yo, we'll take care of that butterfly over here, okay? I don't know what voice that is well, whatsoever. Was, that was terrible. Eh, but it was fine. I got a butterfly to take well, care okay. of. Eh? Always like a fucking <laughs> newsboy. <laughs> newsboy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> what were we talking about? Oh, yeah. So you don't know. And I get that. And that's another thing for like, 
if you're the one who maybe has a condition of some sort, like, you know, uh, realizing that your partner, if you're in a situation like ours, doesn't exactly know what it's like for you. And so trying to communicate that in a way, and then the other person obviously trying to just do the best they can to imagine what that would be like. Yeah. Um, coming back to my keyword compartmentalize. Yeah. Great job. Thank you. Yeah. What's helpful for me as well is to remember that both of our brains are trying to protect us. They're just doing it in a different way. And one is not better than the other. Mm -hmm. So for example, the way that Jason's brain has developed, he has this extreme ability to compartmentalize things, meaning if his foot is in pain, he, he can literally shove it in like a quadrant where he can go about his day. And then every so often he's, he like revisits the quadrant. And he's like, oh yes, my foot hurts. Yeah. But oh, mo- my, my foot is bleeding profusely. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but like he's doing emails and he's not thinking about his foot. Yeah. And we've seen that play out over and over again. It's that's with physical pain. That's with emotional pain. Like he just, his brain is very good at locking it in a thing. Thanks and, childhood trauma. <laughs> yeah. And that is, comes from trauma and that comes from his brain developed that ability in order to protect him. My brain developed this a different ability, which is my brain decided that the best way to protect me would be to call my attention to things that are hurting me so that I it wouldn't turn into a bigger issue or so that I could change it or or do something about it. And that that's the way that my brain developed in order to protect myself. So when I feel anxiety or when I feel pain or I have my brain has a habit of fixating as a means of saying don't forget about this. Don't mm-hmm. forget about this. Don't pretend this doesn't exist. Deal with this. Deal with this. And I think being the person who's playing on hard mode, it's important to remember that that like to have compassion for yourself, that that is your brain trying to do you a service. And both are helpful in their individual ways. So, you know, as much as like Jason allows Jason's compartmentalization allows him to get more done it doesn't always allow him to deal with underlying issues. And so they can linger and they can, you yeah, know, fester. I mean, it, it also doesn't like, and this is in a way where you can't explain some ways that you feel in like a very clear and concise way. Like there are a lot of times when like, I don't feel empathy in a situation and I can't explain why I don't like, it's literally just yeah. like it's a, shutting off your feeling centers. Yeah. And it's just like, it's not even a, I know what I'm supposed to be feeling and I'm pushing it away. And like, we all know that feeling, right. Of like, I don't want to cry right now. Mm-hmm. Like, a, you know, that would be embarrassing. And I would look like, not like a man, you know, like, <laughs> come on society. That's a joke about toxic masculinity yes, in case anyone doesn't recognize yeah. sarcasm. But what, but I do know that there are situations when it's just like, oh, I just, I literally don't feel the empathy that a normal yeah. person would feel right now. And and I, I think that some of those things in a relationship where one person is an, is an extreme feeler and the other person is an unextreme feeler, mm-hmm. it creates tension. It mm-hmm. creates difficulty. And the it's communication. Yeah. And I, the key is just to really try and talk that out and mm-hmm. make sure that we are having discussions and, and continuing to check in on each other. And I think more so from my side, it's trying to learn what do you need empathy for? Mm-hmm. And, and I think a lot of times you're just looking for You're just looking to be seen because yeah, I want, there's an invisible thing happening exactly. that I can't see. Like if your arm was bleeding, I could check on your arm every hour of every day because I can see it. Totally. But if it's, if it's inside your head or inside your body somewhere. And that's what's so isolating about it. I know I've talked about this before, but like truly the, the worst part of it is the loneliness and yeah. the, 
the isolation that comes from fighting a battle inside your own head, whether that's anxiety, whether that's a chronic illness, whether that's, you know, depression, like you feel like you are going to literal like war every day in your own mind. And nobody knows what that feels like. And that can be so isolating. And so it's like the only way you'll, I know you'll never know my full experience, but I know that you have a better shot at being able to support me if I talk about it, oh, if I share what I'm yeah. feeling. Yeah. And, and there are a lot of times when you talk about it, when I'm like, I can't even imagine what that feels like, yeah. you know, like I, which is how I feel when other people yeah. talk about their issues. Absolutely. Like, and that's, and I think again, that's, that's why we record episodes like this. That's yeah. why when you were in your anxiety struggle, I think it's episode 24, like you were in the thick of your anxiety struggle, we recorded a podcast episode and I know that you did not want to do it. And I know that you did not feel good doing it. But in that moment, it was important for us to say, we just want to be humans to other humans. Mm -hmm. We don't want to just pretend we run this like online business community and everything's great. And here's just all the things you can learn from us business-wise because we're just going to be business people. It's like, no, we're humans and we run a business, but also the humanity of life kicks in sometimes. And it also kicks us to the curb a little bit here and there. I also wish we just recognized like the, you know, the whole quote, and I don't know who it's by, so forgive me, but Maybe it's the Bible. I don't know. <laughs> Interesting. All right. Like who? Who's that guy that yeah. wrote that? But um, you know, it's not. It's not the Bible. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. Can we get to the quote? Wait, what's the quote about? Like I don't know. Be kind because everyone you meet is fighting a hard battle. Yeah. Who, who said that? I, you're asking the God? wrong person. I try to attribute quotes to myself as often mm, as possible. By Jason yeah. Zook. I'm just yeah. kidding. Um, but no. I do think that we're getting to this place not to make it so macro about, you know, we're the old Muppets talking about the yeah. state of our world again. You listen to last week's episode. But I just, I see the way that like our internet culture, culture has become so like prone to bullying or criticism or skepticism, you know, and it's like some of that is warranted and good, but I think the, the weight of it now is just forgetting that people are human beings and every person is struggling with something. Yeah. And I hate when I see people go out on a limb and just be honest and be vulnerable and people are like, pick apart everything they say because they can, because that's what we do now is we criticize everyone for everything they say. And it's like, yes, we need accountability. Absolutely. But we forget that at the end of the day, we are all fighting some type of battle. Some of us are playing on extreme hard mode and you don't know when someone is on the precipice of just doing something extremely drastic. Yeah. And that's why I try to remember that and remember that everyone's struggling in some way. Um, and hopefully you don't have to go through some type of deep struggle yourself in order to deploy some type of empathy, even if you're adjacent. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I think I'm going to make the podcast producer decision here to skip the pram bell for this episode, because what I don't want to do is talk about all these like really helpful See what I said about not doing the preamble at the beginning? Yeah, yeah, no. But I don't want to then skip into like stories of our travels and then someone might forget like, oh, I wanted to look up to see if maybe I have BBD or I wanted to reach out to a friend of mine who I know struggles with an invisible illness of some kind, whether it's anxiety or depression or a chronic illness or anything. And just to say, I hope you're doing okay. And to check in on them. And and so I think like the end of this episode, we don't do this often, but I just think it would be really helpful of taking a little check with yourself and and maybe you heard these symptoms that Caroline 
wrote down or read from binocular vision dysfunction. And if they sound like something that you have dealt with, look into it. See if you can make yes. an appointment with an optometrist because getting a new prescription in your glasses literally okay, might wait. change your life. Before you turn off the episode and go do that, something really important is that a normal optometrist cannot scan for this. Yes. And this is why it goes undiagnosed by so for so many people. So definitely Google binocular vision dysfunction. I'll put a link in the show notes. Okay. Optometrist. Yeah. There's, there's a specific website. I think it's like vision specialist of Michigan actually yeah, that has it. a search for a practitioner on their website and they will list out optometrists who are certified in this neurovisual exam that can scan for BVD. Um, and when I tell you that I went from not having prism glasses and lenses to it, literally correcting my ver visual vertigo within a week yeah. and changing my life. Like and it. And obviously it's not that it didn't doesn't, change it forever. It, yeah. yeah, exactly. It's not like it, it goes away um, and it can still flare up, but you imagine know. if you didn't have them. Exactly. Yeah. And I, yeah, I didn't for a long time and it was really much worse. So, um, so that's the important thing there. If you think you have BBD, I want to end on, I wrote in my journal this morning if I had just, if somebody was going through something on hard mode right now, what are some mantras or lessons or things that help me when I'm going through a tough time? And these are not going to apply to everyone. These are not going to fix it. Um, I'm only sharing them in case you're in the thick of it right now. And something can give you a perspective shift that might relieve the pain, whether physical or mental, Yeah. you know, right now. So there's like five things. So the, First one I wrote is no feeling lasts forever. And this is something that comforts me when I'm in the thick of it is that I know that I will feel some type of different way a week from now, a month from now, a year from now. And I always say that time will carry me forward when I feel like I can't walk forward anymore. Hello. What's my No, there's a, um, a, fly. a, a fly instead yeah, of okay. a butterfly. Yeah. Um, oh, wow. That butterfly turned into a fly <laughs> magic. Um, and so that sometimes is just enough of a comfort to remind myself if I could just get through another day, if I can focus on the next hour, the next minute, whatever, however micro you need that to be, that even if your symptoms don't change, your perspective on it could change. So something could be different. And that is because a lot of times anyone who struggles with something knows the torture is in feeling like this feeling will my, the rest of my life will feel like this. And it never does. It, it always is different. Um, number two is I focus on shifting my attention away from what is uncomfortable. So for right now, the most uncomfortable sensation is this vice grip on my temples. It's extremely uncomfortable. And like I was saying, my, the way my brain operates is that it calls my attention to it every second of every day because it says something is wrong. We need to pay attention to this. And meditation has actually helped me tremendously in this because, or mindfulness exercise of, I've done it for years now because being able to distance yourself from your thoughts and have the awareness of going, huh, my brain is really fixating on this sensation. I work to desensitize myself to that sensation. I try to change my perception of it. So it's like, instead of struggling with it, like picture somebody like, picture someone like holding a toddler who's like writhing and you're like, I can't get a grip on it. And like, yeah. everything's awful. And then going limp kind of, yeah. you know, or just like setting the toddler down. <laughs> yeah. And it's like something about just not trying to restrain the feeling or run from the feeling or struggle against the feeling. If I can just settle into it and not try to wish it away, something about surrendering to that changes my re 
relationship to it. And also I use a little bit of, you know, what I think people would call CBT, cognitive behavioral therapy, maybe of just saying like, I'm going to gently shift my thoughts away from the sensation to another part of my day, you know, and like constantly reminding yourself of that. Um, and that really helps me. And just the goal there, remember, is not to change the sensation. It's to change your sensitivity to the sensation and you're focusing on it. And that really helps me. The, th- oh, it's only four things. The third thing is to adjust my expectations for myself. So this is a hard one if you don't, if you're not your own boss. And if you're a high achiever. And if you're a high achiever, but whatever I, I had on my notion database for what I was going to do this week, erase it and re go back to the drawing board. Um, sometimes that means I can only do one thing a day that sometimes that means I can only do zero things a day. Um, but I also wrote as an addendum trust that I know what I need. So do I need a full day where I just zone out and watch Netflix? Great. Like trust that that is what you need and that you're not like being lazy. Then inevitably I'll have a couple days of that and I'll go, you know what I need today is I need a win. I need to not feel like I did nothing. So I'll do, I'll set one goal for myself is like either that's go to the gym or that's do this one task or whatever. And just like trust that you are the ultimate person who knows whether you need to push yourself a little bit or you need to pull back a little bit. And then finally, I wrote down distraction can be a tool. I think that we often, I hear at least in like the mental health world, distraction kind of gets a bad rap sometimes of like, you're not confronting your, you know, like escapism. It's like, you're not confronting your issues and like all this stuff. And like, I get it. We need, we need to confront those things so that they don't bug us forever. But when you are in the thick of it, sometimes distraction can save your life. Like sometimes being like, you know, I'm just going to do this next thing or do this. I'm not going to like think about it right now. I'm not going to do the full thing. I'm not going to journal about it right now. I just need a break from trying to untangle this and I'm going to give my brain something else to chew on. So I would just say, if you're someone who needs that, like don't feel guilty for distracting yourself with TV, like tasks, like whatever. And knowing that you'll come back to it and you'll address what's going on. Yeah. I think those are four great takeaways. That's it. Yeah. Those are just what I wrote down in my journal of what's helping me right now. Yeah. And and just hope this this episode was helpful. We know this is a departure from our normal business chat or travel chat. And this is the reality of life. And it'd be easy to hide this. It would be easy to just pretend like this super difficult week didn't happen for you. But that's not the truth. And we really want to share the reality of life and travel and business and all the different things. So that's why we share. And I hope that next episode, maybe something will feel differently. But if it doesn't, we'll just keep showing up. We'll do our best. We'll do our best. All right. That's it. Thanks, everybody, for listening. We appreciate you so much. I love you so much. And Me? me. Oh, you. Always you. I'm going to go do some side quests. Get some badges and some cookies and some (laughs) ice cream and some ice cream with cookies in it. Okay? Yum. Bye.